The reading this morning is taken from Esther, chapter 4, verses 1 to 14. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent, him, she sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for the annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days had passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Throughout history, God has raised individuals who play a part when challenges arise. When he needed a spokesman and servant prior to the flood, he raised Noah. When he needed a man to establish a godly nation, he raised Abraham. When he needed a man to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, he chose Moses. When he needed a spokesman to speak to his people, he raised the prophets. When he needed a spokesman to prepare the path for Jesus, he raised John the Baptist. And when he needed a preacher to start the worldwide spread of the gospel, he raised Paul. And he still needs individuals who will make themselves available to be used in his service today. This morning, I want to show you a biblical portrait of a great man. God used this man to save the lives of his people, the Israelites. This man's name is Mordecai, and he's found in the book of Esther. Now, we all know Queen Esther, and Mordecai is overshadowed by his cousin, for whom this book is named. 
Mordecai and Esther were among the group of Israelites who were living in captivity in Media or Persia. It was while living in bondage that Mordecai's portrait comes to be seen. This is what the Bible has to say about him. Now all the acts of his power and his might and the account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second to King Xerxes and was great among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his kindred. The words used to, to describe Mordecai, power, might, greatness. But there's one little interesting fact that surrounds Mordecai's life. Bible dictionaries say his name means little man. And he was far from a little man. He was a great man. There's a Jewish religious celebration that is still celebrated today as a result of Mordecai's heroic life. It's the Feast of Purim. It's celebrated in March. And it commemorates the deliverance that Mordecai and Esther brought into the lives of God's people. So what was so special about the life of Mordecai? Let's take a look at the life of this great person as seen through the eyes of God. Mordecai is our superman for today. And it's my prayer that we can all be a superman, a superhero, a superwoman like Mordecai. So we all know Esther. We know she was a great woman. She saved her people from a plot by Haman to, to de destroy them. And we learn from her story that our God will forever protect his people. We learn that our God will always force things to work for our good. And we read that in Romans, 8, chapter 20, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But behind every great woman is a great man. Now, I've found some characteristics that I've labeled Mordecai with. The first one, a warm and loving Mordecai. In Esther chapter 2, we find out how warm and loving Mordecai is. In Esther chapter 2, verse 7, we read, And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. She had no one. She was an orphan. And Mordecai took his cousin in and loved her as his own daughter. And later on in verse 11, it says, And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. So when Esther is taken in by the king into his harem, Mordecai still is warm and loving, and he cares enough for her to walk past the court of the woman's house every day to check in on her. The second title, A Faithful Mordecai. We carry on reading in Esther chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. 
And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. All this was recorded in the book of the annals in the presence of the king. Mordecai was faithful to King Xerxes. He overheard the plot, reported it to Esther, who reported it to the king, and attributed it to Mordecai. He was faithful to his king. Thirdly, a Mordecai with faith and vision. We've read this already this morning. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai believed that God had appointed Esther to her position in the royal household as the queen. But he knew that he had to challenge her to step into that appointment. He had vision of her greatness and enough faith to know that God's appointment of her to that position would see her through. The fourth one, a praying Mordecai, carries on in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 4. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, this is Queen Esther talking, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendant will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. He knew that she'd been called and appointed, and she had greatness inside of her. He challenged her to do what she needed to do to save her people. But he didn't leave it there. He then went and prayed for her. He prayed for her. He, would, he prayed that God would work through her as she was appointed for such a time as this. And then, a fighting Mordecai. In chapter 9, verses 3 and 5, we read, And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators, helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation had seized them. His reputation spread throughout the provinces and he became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. Quite a turnaround from the guy who sat peacefully in sackcloth and ashes to protest what was going to happen to the Jews, to once he'd gained prominence and power, in the royal palace to going out there and fighting for his people. Behind the great woman named Esther, who'd God appointed to her position, was an even greater man, a man with faith and vision named Mordecai. And Esther chapter 10 is the shortest chapter of, of the book of Esther. It's only got three verses. In verses 2 and 3, read as follows. And all his acts of power and might, together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews, because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews because he worked for the good of his people 
and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. So what can we learn from Mordecai that we can apply to our own lives? He was a great man. We told that. Now a great man has a servant heart. If we look at chapter 10, verse 3, he was second in rank to the king, preeminent among the Jews, held in high esteem. Those things might make him great. But we know in Scripture, greatness is identified in a different way. He worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. Mordecai sought the good of his people. He served the Israelite people. And Jesus said, he who would become great must be your servant. President John Kennedy once said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Lynn Wall once said, ask not what your God can do for you. Ask what you can do for your God. Shouldn't that be the question we really ask? The greatest thing you can do in life is to serve your fellow man. The greatest thing you can do in life is to serve your fellow man. The second thing we learn, a great man is a person of faith. A person of faith is not merely a person who believes in God. I believe we use the term man of faith too casually. In our society, if someone professes to be a believer, we identify them as a person of faith. And that's not the way the Bible uses this phrase. A person of faith is a person whose faith has changed the individual. In addition, that person is being used by God to change things in their corner of the world. Mordecai was such a man. Mordecai was in a difficult situation. He was a slave in a foreign land. But God still used him to change things. Throughout history, God's people have been used to shape events. I read a letter written to the editor of a local newspaper chastising Christians for speaking out about the Da Vinci Code. We've all read the book or seen the movie somewhere along the line. This person expressed an opinion that Christians should be involved in doing ministry, but should stay away from controversial subjects. Friends, we need to be reminded that believers are not only to live in society, but also shape society. Jesus said we are to be the salt of the earth. And salt is intended to give flavor. And if we are not living in society, we can't flavor society. Thirdly, a great man is a person who perseveres. Things are not always easy for those who seek to live for God. I said that last week. And Mordecai did not have an easy life. He was living in captivity. On one occasion, he became a whistleblower as he reported two men who were conspiring against the king. At another point, he and his people faced destruction. His cousin, who was beautiful, was placed in the harem of the king against her will. And Mordecai was burdened for her safety. Life was not a bed of roses for Mordecai, but he did not give up, nor was he defeated. The human tendency is to desire the easy route. When God led the Israelite people out of Egypt, he had two routes he could have chosen. 
The easy route was the coastal route. This was the shortest route. The harder route was through the desert. God chose the harder route. And the Bible says there was a reason for this. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps, perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. A great person perseveres in the midst of trials. It's been said that Thomas Edison tried 10,000 experiments with the light bulb before finding success. Michael Jordan was cut from his junior high school basketball team because his skills were weak. Max Licardo, the popular Christian writer, had thousands of manuscripts rejected before having one accepted for print. Parents, let me encourage you to do your best to teach your children the act of persevering. Do not let them quit at the first drop of the hat. More and more I see our country, our world, becoming influenced by a spirit of easy defeatism. If marriage doesn't work, get a divorce. If you cannot pay your bills, declare bankruptcy. If your team's not winning, fire the coach. The fourth thing, a great man is a person of courage. In Esther chapter 3 verse 2, we find an example of Mordecai's courage. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for the so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Now we know Haman had been promoted to a position of prominence. He required that all of his servants bow before him. The king put his authority behind this decree. Mordecai was a slave living in a foreign land. He was in the minority. Everyone else was bowing and paying homage to Haman. But Mordecai would not fulfill this demand. And as you study the Bible, as you delve into God's word, you'll notice that God's greatest people were people of courage. Noah built an ark before it had even begun raining. David faced Goliath. Daniel went into the lion's den. Peter walked on water. John was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos. Courage. Mordecai didn't do what he did for Esther, the king, or for his people because he was hoping to be placed in a royal position. He did what he did because it was right in the eyes of God. And he knew that even if his actions caused his death, he would still have eternal life with his father. And besides that, Mordecai embodied several attributes we can find in ourselves. Compassion for others, standing up for our beliefs, using wisdom in our lives, being a person of faith, having courage, having wisdom, vision, having a servant heart, persevering. These attributes remind us we all could be called for God, by God, be used by God, like Mordecai, to be leaders in faith, Examples for others to be superheroes. Don't you want to be a superhero? Let us pray. Father, thank you 
that you've called each of us to greatness. You've called each of us to something more. But Father, you haven't just called us, you've equipped us. Each one of us has got greatness inside of us. We just have to find it. And Lord, when we surrender our lives to you, when we trust in your plan for our lives, that greatness comes out. And Lord, thank you for the example of people like Mordecai, of Jethro, of Al-Hanan, of Abed-Melech, of all the other people of faith that we find in your word, Lord, who inspire us, who challenge us to live greater lives. And Father, we pray that these stories wouldn't just stay stories. That the characteristics and the attributes that we find in these great people, these superheroes of faith, would become woven into our stories, would become woven into our DNA, so that we too can become superheroes of the faith. That through our greatness, through our perseverance, through our servant hearts, we can bring about change and transformation in this world. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.